0: Whether you're a professional athlete or a seasoned corporate executive, it is easy to enjoy a lifestyle where a paycheck is calling all the shots. But is that sustainable forever? Welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit with Pete Gudekunst, founder of Good Financial Services and financial planner with Raymond James. Pete helps you financially bridge from the journey you've started through the life goals you've imagined sooner or later by force or by choice life takes turns listen as pete discusses how to take charge and make your move on your terms with confidence
1: welcome to tell your boss i quit what a lovely sentiment isn't that uh, well <laughs> that is the name of this new podcast from peter guttekunst and this is the inaugural episode I'm Patrice Sikora, and I really enjoy these first out-of-the-gate shows because here we will learn about Pete from Pete. So let's start at the beginning, shall we, Pete? How'd you get here? How'd you get, How'd get your him? career? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's it's not a long story, but it does start when I'm seven or eight years old. I took a trip to Washington, D.C., and my parents took us on a trip there and we did everything. We saw the memorials. We spent the Smithsonian. My brother and I walked down the steps of the Washington Monument with my dad. I don't even think he can get in there any longer.
1: Not right now, no. <laughs> no,
2: I'm sure. Yeah. And one of the stops we made was outside of this uh, nondescript brick building, waited in line. I'm a little kid waiting forever to get in. And we finally get in, sit on a cold bleacher bench somewhere. And I remember it was daylight going to dark. It was not a cloud in the sky, pitch black and i really didn't even know what we were there for and march is the silent drill team the united states marine corps silent drill team oh from that day on i i knew i wanted to serve and i knew i wanted to be a marine and that just really framed everything that i've done since then in my life and when you when you enlist in the marines I, I when i got out of high school and i was going into college i enlisted in the marines and you take an oath to support and defend the constitution of the united states and and the core values of that of course come from the declaration of independence which is you know all people have the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and what i look at what we do now as financial planners quite frankly i think that's what we do is we help people to pursue their happiness and when I got out of the Marine Corps and I was being encouraged to you know, make my transition, which is what I do a lot now, is help people in their transitions in life. I was encouraged to look into uh, you know, working with people in estate planning. And I did a lot of work in estate planning and came into really in, li- in a life insurance sales business. And what I found there is we were working with people and helping them understand how much they were going to die with, basically, and how to deal with that end of life Financial situation, and back then, uh, you know estate taxes applied to every dollar over six hundred thousand. So it was a pretty common problem that people had to face. And so we would show them how much their estate might grow to someday. And as I went through and worked with people, I discovered really there was very little help, very little guidance in helping people figure out. How they were going to spend their money and enjoy their life, and basically how they were going to pursue their happiness while they found their way along through the end of their estate plan. I started working with people then on helping them develop a retirement distribution plan, basically just getting money out of your investments. And it's so funny now because I've been doing this for close to 30 years. And and that's one of the, the first questions, believe it or not, people will say was, well, how do I get my money back out? And that's really how, how things rolled along, as I feel that that's been at the core value of what we do, is that we're helping, you know, when, when you make a commitment to serve, I think that follows you through your entire life. And that's really the focus that we bring in helping people seek their opportunity to, to live their best life.
1: All right. Now, I, I do want to take a back step here. First of all, thank you for your service. But two, where were you in the Marines? Where did you serve? I, uh, I was in a
2: uh, reserve unit. I went in when I was in college and I served at India 314 was the the battery that I served, an artillery battery. We were called up in uh, Operation Desert Storm and there was a few units, mine being one of them. We were one of the most highly rated, regarded units in the Marine Corps Reserve. And we did go into Desert Storm. And so uh, my service uh, toward the end, as I said, I came out after Desert Storm as we were part of the first MEF and and did go in on the ground offensive during Desert Storm. So I, from, from India 314, been 29 Palms. If you're a Marine listening to this, you know where that is in the Mojave Desert and all the way to Saudi Arabia and Kuwait places all all over the United States
1: Well, I am in awe again, thank you. thank you. in this career that you've had for thirty or so years, who do you like to work with who do you who do you prefer to work with?
2: When you think about that is it's people who are willing to plan and really think about and be open and have a conversation about what matters most to them. We really look for people who have a willingness to discuss what matters most to them and not get into you know, what's going on in the, in the markets right away. And so our, our primary person is typically someone who is is married, has a family, or, or you know, has, has people beyond themselves that, that matter and that they need to, to save for and to help with. And, and that's an important part of their life. And these are people who are getting close to retirement. Typically, they'll come to us after they put their kids through college, and they now realize I've spent all this time on my family and now this is really time to focus on myself and make sure I've got things set up for that what I call life after the paycheck ends. We also work with people who have what I call early success and and today that could be an entrepreneur who has a really great idea and just, you know, kind of hits it right well, uh, you know, very well right off the bat. Professional athletes, these are people who are earning a lot of income at a very young age, and they're not going to be able to do that forever. So those are people where they might have a great opportunity early, which is the almost the opposite. Their high earning years might come early. We're helping them think about what their life after the paycheck ends, because they need to get those things early right, and that'll make that stage of life much easier. And so the, the same the same principles that we apply to those people at retirement apply there. So I'd say that that's really kind of our ideal client is someone who's really willing to think about what, what things can look like and really share with what, what matters most to them. And, and as we talk about, you know, as I talk about a pursuit of happiness, it's about finding what they want to accomplish, not so much, you know, can I make the, the best return and brag at the July 4th party that I have the best investments? That's probably not the right person for us.
1: All right. So tell me more about this sports angle. That's something newer to us. We are a
2: approved NFL Players Association advisor, which is is a, a process that they go through to identify. I think there's 150 or so advisors in the country that are part of that program. And like I said, is having done this for so many years is when I looked at that marketplace and looked at those that type of situation, that they weren't really that young investor who's just starting out, like a, a client of ours who's getting ready to retire will often introduce us to their kids and say, can you help them get off to a, to a good start? And they've got a long time to, you know, invest early and accomplish all of those things. And, and so it's, you know, we have those conversations, but what I see is, is, you know, what we're finding is even with an entrepreneur who comes up with a really neat app idea or something like that, they can have a big payoff early in their life or an athlete, you know, these salaries, even just as a, you know base contract player they really are bringing in an income that they may not see four or five years later because that those careers don't last for very long and and so getting that foundation set right can really set them up you know for for a a very sustainable and puts a lot of, takes a lot of pressure off as they find and pursue their career. And then they're going to go through a, a main transit, a major transition because they're going to do that that game, that thing that they love so much. And then they're going to move on to, you know, a, a more traditional career. And that's a, you know, that's part of a transition that's not unlike a person who's going from their long career into life after the paycheck ends and doing something very different and trying to find continue to find fulfillment.
1: How did you get the interest in sports and how did you make the connection with these folks? I've played sports my whole life.
2: I was a, a soccer player from, from day one in, in greater Philadelphia. We have a pretty thriving youth soccer program. So, you know, in other parts of the country, it's caught on a long time later, but here we were playing you know, just played all sports when I was growing up, but I, I was really focused on soccer as, as an individual. and And I kind of look at the my service in the Marine Corps and some in the Marine Corps in some ways, was kind of my professional sport too, at times, some of the things that we were doing early on in in the Marine Corps. But I think that's really something that I've just loved when when I think now, when you look at the sports, the the way that it's provided and and people really focus on one league or another. back when I was a kid, Every sport was evil Knievel was as great an athlete <laughs> yes. you know, as as Pete Rose. I mean those guys came up in the same conversation. I think that's really i just soaked all of that in i just I just love sports and i I think that brings to that same core value of as as a marine corps as marine, you know seeing how these guys put in and, and commit to their sport and I think I've just always loved sports and I love that aspect of of getting to that point. That's a special kind of
1: personality.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that it's interesting that in in our field, and when I look at people who are in financial planning and in financial services, it's not uncommon to meet fellow veterans like myself, but it's also not uncommon to run across a person who was a professional athlete. And I think that that's because you have that commitment to Getting things done. You're self-reliant. It's all on you. You have to to train and you have to be, you know, ready to to go on and 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 you know hit your performance marks at at that game time or you know if you're out in the field or in desert storm something like that. You you can't mess up. I think that those that self-discipline really brings itself into uh, into this business and this career. But I think it's also you find that they're good people that that align with you and you want to work with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pete, outline your your business philosophy for me.
2: We call this Tell Your Boss I Quit, and and I just published a book, and maybe we'll we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, Tell Your Boss I Quit. But in that book, I really stress purpose. And what I mean by purpose is that the reason that we do things is, is for an income need that we're going to have tomorrow, next year, 10 or 20 years from now. There's, there's a reason, there's a purpose that we're doing things and making financial decisions. And those reasons aren't because you took a questionnaire and it said, you're willing to take a, a certain level of risk. You're doing those things because you need a certain amount of money or you need a certain amount of cash flow over a period of time. So I spend, as I said earlier, I spend a lot of time talking about what matters most to a person and really trying to identify their purpose. I think that's where our philosophy is that a lot of times people come in, here's, here's my 401k statement, here's my IRA, let's talk about the investments. And our philosophy is literally, let's talk about you and what matters and what are you accumulating those resources for. And when we get to that, it makes the investing and the financial conversation much easier because now we're making those decisions because it's going to serve that need. And I I find that a lot of people are taking either too little risk and they and they're not going to have enough, or they're taking too much risk because some questionnaire just put them into that box. And that's really what what we do. Our our philosophy is to really get to know purpose as we go through our our long-term process working with people.
1: And once you've learned their purpose, what do you do for your ideal client? We created a tool called My Financial
2: Bridge. And what that does is you were asking me earlier about our ideal client. It's really that person, as I said, who's willing to open up and, and share kind of the whole picture. And that's what my financial bridge does is we we gather that information and we put it into the entire, you know, the whole picture. And it helps us to identify, it helps us to identify the process. Uh, I'm sorry, the purpose. Of what that resource is for, and sometimes you've done some things early in life, and the, the financial bridge kind of flows to a continuum of life. And there are things that you do early that you need to keep going, and there are some things that you just have because they've always been there. and And we need to, you know, shed them or update them or enhance them or just move on from that. And so that's what we we are are doing in that in that role with my financial bridge is we're putting that information together and we're coming back and revisiting it basically sets an agenda throughout the continuum of a financial plan as we're putting putting that process together so that when we have that conversation it revolves around that specific purpose and whether or not it makes sense any longer or you know when it comes back on the agenda for a review
1: do you have a team you work with tell me about them
2: yeah, I have a I have a great team. Well, first of all, we are we are affiliated with Raymond James Financial Services. So, we have the, the 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 depth of a of a of a major regional broker dealer and all of the resources that they bring to the table. We're a very customized process and approach here and and being able to have that conversation. And so what I have brought on board is a couple of team members here in particular one is an associate of mine, Brian Henderson. He is a, a Temple University graduate, right here from Philadelphia. Temple has an amazing program, a financial planning major within within oh, their business yeah. schools. So he's, in he, my, he's studying right now for his CFP. He was he's eligible to sit for that exam as a result of his Temple education, and so he works alongside of me in meetings, gathering information and. Really helps free up me to be able to have the conversations that matter most with our clients, and he's really putting together a lot of the, the kind of the number crunching and then we're reviewing that together and he's just phenomenal and I'm really proud of that temple program and I'm really grateful to have been able to find Brian and put him put him on the team and megan uh, Megan gets is a newer our newest employee, and she comes from a banking background she did a lot of uh, work in refinancing car loans and things like that at, at a local bank. So she really had worked with a number of people and just, again, kind of gathering that financial data just to to work through that process. And she's just a, a wonderful person to, to be able to have a conversation and share information. I don't know how it is, but people just kind of let, <laughs> open up to Megan. So when you put the two of them together and, and the reason I, I'm so grateful to have them on the team is because they chose when I met them. And now that we've been working together, they're here because of that, back to that same purpose, that same mindfulness to our clients. They're not trying to figure out how can we make all kinds of money and all of that. I mean, we do well. I don't want to make it sound like we're not doing well, but that's really their focus. They wanted to be able to serve clients kind of back to my core values that I got from the Marine Corps. And that's what drives them. And so I think that's why we're such a good fit. And I think that's why clients have really opened up and and been able to work and share information with them and just make a a very seamless and professional process to work together.
1: Are you active in the community?
2: I am. I I have done a great deal. My father was always president of church council or president of his rotary club. And I think that that rubbed off of me. Also, being a sergeant in the Marine Corps certainly had a lot to do with it, too. When my kids were younger, I was very involved in the sports programs there. I was uh, coached them all through soccer when they were when they were growing up, my daughter in particular, and I was president of the local Orsham Soccer Club. But I also remain very active in in veteran programs. and I'm also here locally in a uh, matter of fact later today we'll have a, a board meeting with Liberty Lutheran Services, which is a organization that owns, or operates a, a handful of nursing homes here and then actually one out in state college, which aligns obviously to my my business. People are kind of working right. for life right. after the paycheck ends. And I've volunteered there since I was a kid, probably 14, 15, maybe younger. Wow. Yeah. i I remember singing Christmas carols in Artman Lutheran <laughs> home. And now that's a huge building, much larger than what it was then. And and I have served in a lot of volunteer capacities and and I'm on the advancement committee there, and I serve on on their board. So that keeps me in touch with, with that stage of life. And then I started to mention the, the veteran programs. I still remain very focused and aligned with the veteran networking groups around here. And I belong to one of one of the things that I do socially and more than that is I belong to the Union League of Philadelphia, which is a an organization that was founded in 1862. The Union League was founded to support President Lincoln and to raise funds to form troops during the civil war. And the union league has, you know, after the war, well, we did that, that worked out well. And, and there's, Hey, you know, we can still continue on. And so the union league here at Philadelphia has carried on since then. And love of country leads is is our motto. From there, I remain active in, in the legacy foundation where we continue to, to share education and information about that period of time, and also very focused on constitutional things today, but it also keeps me connected to that veteran network. And so I run a a vet fellowship program there where we, again, back to transition, we work with people who are transitioning from their military career into civilian life, which depending on your circumstances can be pretty challenging. And so we put together a mentor and we do some educational workshops, and that's something we've been doing for a number of years. And they're
1: they're kind of my community-facing programs, I guess. That's fantastic. And now we mentioned it briefly, but you wrote a book. I did. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. I wrote a book, Tell Your Boss I Quit. And it's really designed to help people know that they can thrive and not sacrifice their spending in retirement. And back to everything I've been saying about purpose and about preparing and planning and, and putting the information in the right context... I I think it's about chapter four in in Tell Your Tell Your Boss I Quit. And if, if we're on I don't know if we got the video running, but if we do, I there's the book. <laughs> we put that together. And I think it's around chapter four where I say, now we can start talking a little bit about what your investments are in or how, you know, that part of it. And I find so many people just want to get right to it. Here's what I have, tell me what yeah. I, what I want to do, or what I should do. Yeah, I even say that in the book. People will come in and, and, and I'll say, well, how much do you need to spend? Well, that's what I'm here for. You tell me that. We really, want to, we really want to understand your lifestyle. And so the book helps you to identify those important purposeful things before you really get too deep in the woods on how to invest in, in
1: that aspect of things. What do you do for fun when you're not working, Pete? besides all the volunteer stuff you've got going
2: yeah that's true i i I feel sometimes i feel like i go too far that way no no no, never my wife and i have a place down
1: in ocean city new jersey and we love Oh, i'm jealous already (laughs) people must know i'm from new jersey and ocean city is one of the best places to go best family resort in the world
2: i think they say on the sign and and uh, we love ocean city the beaches are great We have a place that's not too far from sort of the downtown part of it, not too far from the boardwalk, not far from the beach or the bay. So the ideal location. And we love to get down there and ride our bikes, take long walks, just spend a lot of time, spend a lot of time there at the beach. I have a a Labrador retriever, my third. we We've I joke, my wife and I have been married 29 years and... I think there's a year and a half total where we haven't had a, a Labrador by our side. <laughs> I love training dogs. I love I've had two dogs that were great to train, super smart, super wonderful dogs. The middle one, Sergeant, was his name, Sarge. He he was he's one of those, you know, you get one great dog in your life. I think I had two, but he was extraordinary. It was great to train him. And now I've got one who's super smart, but he's He's really pushing my buttons. <laughs> but that, you know, that's we we love we love getting down there and, and spending
1: spending time down there and just out and about. And we must explain that if you're going to the Jersey Shore, not, you're not going to the beach until you're at the shore. And then when you're at the shore, then you go to the beach. That's right. You go down the shore. Down
2: the shore. exactly. Down the shore here from Philadelphia. We say down the shore. My 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 mom was an English teacher. And she started a new job in a suburban school here, you know, some years ago. And she was grading papers. And every paper, it was, it was kind of like, what did you do last summer? And every paper was, I went down the shore and she had her red pen out. And she's like, no, that's no, not no, right no, grammar. No. That's wrong. Hmm. And after a few, she said, this must be something that they say around here. That's right. That's absolutely right.
1: All right you've mentioned military service you've mentioned the history aspect of what you volunteer with so who is your favorite person in history and why well it's probably
2: not a surprise since i shared a little bit about the union league that uh, abraham lincoln is 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 my most favorite person in history and the why i think the more i read and learn and understand about abraham lincoln i think he just the, the time that he served at what was going on not just in the United States but around the world mm. and the way that he had conviction and stuck to his core values and and I think that's really why Abraham Lincoln just for so many reasons for my values as an american and and love of country leads but also just as a guy who's called Honest Dave, how can that not be your here? here? <laughs> but I just I just finished a book. I, I'll throw out there, to people. Uh, it's Lincoln on the Verge, and it's all about his train ride to D.C. when he first became president. I wasn't really aware of just how at Pearl his life could have been. You know, we know he was assassinated, but that started from the moment he was elected. He lived under that. That cloud and, and to have that kind of conviction and fearlessness and, and commitment to his cause. Abraham Lincoln is someone for so many reasons that I can point to as, as a hero and, and favorite person of history.
1: What's your idea of success? I think it,
2: it's really what matters most to you. I go back to pursuing your happiness. And if you're doing and you're with the people that make you most happy, and that's what you're doing to me, that's a success. It, it's a, it's not the big house, it's not the big car, but if you're doing the things that you love doing with the people you love most, it just can't be any better than that. And, you know, if we can help you manage and make that more of a reality, that would be wonderful.
1: And if it's down the shore, it's so much better. That's right. And then doing it down the shore, it's even better. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Pete, tell me one thing that most people don't know about you. I love this question, so <laughs> make it good. <laughs> I
2: have to tell you, people probably know that I love The Matrix, love the movie The Matrix. Okay. My kids, every birthday, they'll send me that, but I I love the storyline. I just love everything about The Matrix. But really, at the end of the day, it's just a really good kung fu movie. And I love old kung fu (laughs) movies. Bruce Lee's on TV. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop and watch that. The funny thing is that another thing is, is I love animation. I love old, I love old Bugs Bunny movies and all of that. And my kids, we grew up watching Pixar. Well, one of our favorite movies as a family and our our kids and I will quote or quote often is uh, actually a DreamWorks movie, Kung Fu Panda. So I guess it came full circle. My Kung Fu and my animation all came together. But if you're not, if you're not my kids, you might not know
1: that one. Oh, so you like the old Ip Man movies? Yep, yeah, any, any of that, any of that, yep. Love the whole genre. <laughs> yeah. And was that your dog barking? That's funny. I, I <laughs>
2: have a, I have a, I, I should, I've learned this since my first podcast. You know, you, you kind of learn, I've got a few things left open. I, my, my, Computer chimed here and there, and instead of having a bell remind you something's coming up, I have a dog bark. So. Oh, that's awesome! That's great. So that's I've got great. something coming up that's just telling me, hey, here's a warning. Right.
1: Well, we'll move along here. A couple no, more. No, we're questions. good. We're good. A couple more questions, but do you have a a mantra, a motto, something that you use to stay focused? There
2: are there are. Two things, two
1: things that I say a lot.
2: One is that that I think it's all the very little, tiny, insignificant details that make all of the difference. And I think that's something my Marine Corps training, I have said that to my kids. You just can't do a pretty good job on the big stuff. You got to get it, you got to really make sure that you you get it right and you pay attention. And especially in my field, when we have those deep conversations with people about their life and their happiness, it's the little things that matter most. See, really, you you want to get that right, so I think it's a little insignificant details that that make all all the difference in the world. Professionally, there's something that I always say to myself. So this maybe this is something people don't know about me. Back to that other question, I heard a, a gentleman, Steve Wiles. He runs uh, actually the Gettysburg Leadership Institute in Gettysburg. And years and years ago, I saw him speak, and he said, you know, when you're talking to someone, just listen till it hurts. And what he meant was just focus on them and listen. Don't think about the next thing you're going to say. Don't think about what you're doing because that dog just barked in your computer. I think that that's really where we focus and listen till it hurts, meaning we are just focused on what we're talking about with you right now. And that that's a mantra, I think, that really makes a big difference. And that's one of those little things that makes a big
1: difference. Listen till it hurts, I'm going to remember that one. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to my final question. What is your proudest achievement? I think I
2: started out by telling you that my story started when I was seven or eight years old, and I wanted to be a marine for following through on that and doing something that I wanted to do as just a little kid and, and dreamed of and did it, and I was able to serve and, and own and I have a combat action ribbon from serving in desert storm. I mean I feel like I accomplished those things, but what I'm most proud of is that I get to live that value every single day. I didn't just do it. I feel that that's very much part of who I am. And and I'm very proud to, whether I say it out loud or wear, wear a Marine Corps pin on my lapel or anything like that, I, I feel that I still, the term in the Marine Corps is once a Marine, always a Marine. And that's that's my proudest achievement is that I will always be a Marine. And I'm very proud of that.
1: Well, Pete, thank you so much for telling us about you and your practice. And I really do look forward to learning more about your interests and your specialties. Folks, listen to Pete's podcast, Tell Your Boss I Quit to get the latest shows. All you should do is follow the podcast. And of course, remember his book of the same title. You can impress your friends and family by sharing the link to the podcast as well. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later.
0: Thank you for listening to Tell Your Boss I Quit. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. To learn more about defining your financial purpose and how you can thrive and not sacrifice your spending in retirement, download Tell Your Boss I Quit by Pete Goodekinst. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc., Goot Financial Services is not a broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.